It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. On today's program, we are going to continue our conversation, part two of two, the final part of our chat with Seth Scott, who is a good friend of mine. He's also a former Duke men's basketball manager. He was a team manager for the past four seasons. This year that Duke did not make the NCAA tournament in the COVID-19 season was Seth's senior year with Duke basketball. A lot of good stories are coming up on today's program, so you don't want to miss it. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. I also tweet out a lot of things about Duke athletics, particularly Duke men's basketball. I do think that you'll enjoy listening to our conversation. Be sure to follow this podcast, Lockdown Blue Devils, for free wherever you get your podcasts, as you'll get the latest episode of it as soon as it comes out. Follow it on Twitter as well at LO underscore Blue Devils. Before we get going, I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Made In. Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made-in products are made to last, and they offer a lifetime guarantee. They have 28,000-plus five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Right now, Made-in is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKEDON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made-in products. Go to madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON and use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON. Use promo code LOCKEDON. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Tell me more about some of the roles that uh, managers, obviously you said you had 12 managers typically, uh, an approximate number. Are all 12 at-home games or and, and kind of go over some more of those roles? Yeah, for sure. We, we definitely keep all 12 at-home games. Um, on the road, we usually travel with six to seven guys. Uh, you know, a lot of ACC teams can honestly get away with, with only bringing two or three managers, but we have a a lot of equipment and, right. you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of small things that, that we have to take care of on the road that requires a lot of hands and whatnot. So um, always kept a solid traveling group, whatnot, but uh, yeah, in terms of the roles, like as you're, when you're a freshman, like you're definitely doing the less desirable task. You're, you're making the Gatorade, you're wiping the floor and whatnot. And then, you know, the incentive for kids it, to make it to their senior year, because, you know, you're kind of under the impression that that you will be there all four years if you start as a freshman. Right. Um, 
the incentive is that like you can work your way up to getting a scholarship your senior year that you'd split with the rest of your class. Um, so, That's so cool. Th- yeah, that, that gives guys a, a, a reason to want to stay till senior year. And then, you know, senior year, once you get there, take it as serious as possible and, you know, really try to leave a lasting print or whatnot. But yeah, as you get older, like you're able to work the clock, you're in communication with the coaches, um, you're in talks with the players. And, you know, by that point, you know where everything in the stadium is, you know, everyone that works in the program, you know, type of expectations and you know, by the time you're a senior, you, you basically can read the mind of all the coaches before they even tell you what they need. Um, it, it's it's that intimate because we spend so much time together that you really get a sense for their little idiosyncrasies and whatnot. Obviously, when you look at your last two years at Duke in, in 2020, we did not have an NCAA tournament when the year was cut short and, and then Duke doesn't make the NCAA tournament for the first time in 25 years this past year. With, with that aside, in a way, Seth, how, how much did you appreciate those last two years being able to teach the managers underneath you the way the managers before you kind of did with you taking you under their wing? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I took I took a lot of pride in that because, I mean, if I'm being honest, like there were a few managers who I felt like could have done things differently and, and treated our class better. So, you know, I took that on myself to make sure that I was – that you know, my leadership role was, you know, wasn't too rigid, wasn't too harsh on these guys. Like, you know, someone who was understanding, but at the same time, you know, putting us all on the same page in terms of the expectations and um, the intensity of of the program that we're a part of. Um, So these last two years were really cool. Uh, Unfortunately, this year with with COVID, it kind of exed out a lot of the younger guys because, uh, as you may know, Duke was the only school that didn't have any fans in the stadium. So um, that limited the number of guys that we were able to bring to home games even. um, And then also shrunk the number of guys that we were able to bring on the road. So the seniors were basically doing everything for, for the fall time before the younger guys can enter the bubble. It was only the seniors and then traveling. It was only the seniors too. So honestly, I definitely got gypped on some time with those younger guys, but uh, I felt like, you know, we were still able to communicate to them the culture of the managers, and uh, and I have no doubt they'll carry it on. If you had to pick a, a sort of favorite part of being a manager, I don't want to necessarily – at some point we've got to get into some games and moments and that sort of thing, basketball-wise, yeah. but just the, the concept of being a Duke basketball manager, what would be your favorite part? Mm, that's tough. I mean, you know, I think people would uh, would be quick to assume that my favorite part would probably be just like interacting with the guys. But I mean, honestly, my favorite part was seeing like how how the program and how coach himself responded after a loss, because like we would go on these crazy tears. And I mean, I was blessed enough to be a part of I mean, basically 50, 60 percent of my career, we were number one in the country. (laughs) Um, And like, I feel like not not too many people can say that. But like, obviously, we had those little lulls and those hiccups throughout every year. And just seeing the way that we responded to those. I mean, that I feel like is the difference between like a good program and and a legendary one, you know, and and coach used those as, as moments to assert himself. And you could really feel his presence and um I mean, you couldn't help but trust and trust in 
trusting in the things that he was saying because I mean, he's speaking from experience. So I'd say that was probably my favorite part. There's, there's so much about being a Duke basketball manager that I just I feel like would have been so amazing to have been given that opportunity. And if anybody's listening to this podcast that has dreams of going to Duke one day and you might not be talented enough to play for the program, you get that opportunity to be a manager. But, but with Duke basketball, Seth, what's so amazing about the program is that it's just as awesome, I feel like, to get the opportunity to be a student and to be a Cameron crazy, right? Like, I, we're all human. I could only assume that there were moments that as much as you loved being a Duke basketball manager, you had friends that you went to school with that were in the, in the, in the crazy section, right? Absolutely. Every game. And there were definitely so many games where, or so many times where I was like, wow, you know, I, <laughs> like I, I love the team and I love the program, but it would be uh, it would be kind of nice to kick my feet up and, you know, just sit in one of these, one of these stadium chairs and have a nice view of the game and not have to think about what I'm doing and, you know, trying to be an active participant in the game. But um, I mean, honestly, when I look back and this is something I've been thinking about for like the last week, like I, I don't think my time could have been better spent. Like, yeah, it was such a big time commitment and, you know, obviously takes a lot of energy out of you. But I mean, I think about what my classmates were doing in their leisurely time and stuff. And I just feel like I, I put, I put my time, uh, like I, I got the most out of my time. Um, I do. And the time every day. I want to get into what's next for you in, in just a moment. Let, let's do this though. What's also cool about Duke basketball managers is that basketball doesn't necessarily have to be the end goal for a Duke basketball manager. I, I could be totally wrong. I could be making a bad assumption, but I would just imagine the folks you've worked with over the years that have graduated and gone on, they're doing a wide variety of different things professionally with their lives. Correct. Absolutely. There, there's definitely, um, I'd say about half the managers continue uh, onto some type of basketball track. But I mean, I think it's really about, you know, once you've been a manager, about finding another environment like that, where people are really going to hold each other accountable, where there's like expectations of excellence, where people are not afraid to tell you the truth. And, you know, even if it hurts your feelings, like where the intensity is going to be high, like top notch every single day. So I, I think that managers search out those kind of environments because, you know, you know, I, I think it makes for an easy transition into, you know, a, into like a big bank or whatnot, where it's fast paced, it's, it's unpredictable and stuff like that. And, you know, I think there's no better role to prepare you than being a, a Duke basketball manager for uh, those high intensity environments. You kind of teased it there a moment ago, Seth. What, what was your major in for folks listening to us? What's your degree in and, and what's next for you? Yeah, I just graduated with a degree in political science and a minor in psychology. Um, and I am currently in the process of making the move to New York to work for Goldman Sachs doing sales and trading on the municipal bond side. Congrats on that, man. That is just crazy. From, from a Duke basketball manager with roots in Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, now headed to NYC and working for Goldman Sachs, man. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Seth Scott is joining us here on the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. As we wrap up uh, today's show, it's just crazy to kind of think about all of the great teams that you got to be around. And for Duke basketball within this past decade, 
kind of turning into to a one-and-done machine with a lot of the players that are uh, in the league at this point. How crazy is that, knowing that there are guys that you went to school with, Seth, that are now making millions and millions of dollars playing basketball at the absolute highest level? It's wild. Um, it, it's crazy to see how quickly they're able to make that transition. But also, like, as soon as you meet them, like, you get the feeling that they've been groomed for this their whole <laughs> life. You know what I mean? Like, these kids, have they've been dreaming about this, and they've been manifesting it and, and putting in the work and, um, you know, just going to Duke, you know, just going to Duke to play, like, that's that's a big jump in itself. Like, you know what you're getting into with Coach. Um, but it, it was so amazing to those guys, to be around those guys and, um, all of, almost all of them were so approachable, so much fun. And, um, I mean, guys that I know I'll stay in touch with, uh, for a long time. Quick time out from our conversation with Seth Scott, the former Duke men's basketball manager, as I want to tell you about some of our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Get this, their peanut butter flavor bar, 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams worth of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on, so find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Favorite game that you were a Duke manager for, Seth? Gosh, that's close because I have two that are like that are pretty close. I want to make a prediction on one. Okay. I'm going to say at Carolina last year. At Carolina, the end of 2020 season. Yes. Absolutely. That that's one of them, and the other one is down 25 with nine minutes left to Louisville at Louisville. Um, that was probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen because we were, I mean, we, we should have lost that game and the, I've never seen a crowd get as quiet as theirs did (laughs) as, as the lead was dwindling. And I've never seen a team get that tight near the end of the game where they could hardly even dribble or get it across half court. And as you mentioned, that was your sophomore year and you had the opportunity because of things falling in order the way that they did to travel to that game, to be there for that experience. Yeah, it, it was not even a game I was supposed to go to. Uh, one of the older managers had gotten sick, and um, it was only my second road trip I, I got to go on. So I mean, <laughs> it, it was unreal. Um, the whole city, I mean, the whole experience, the hotel, the, the city itself, I'd never been to, been to Louisville and um, beautiful stadium and, and then just the game itself. But, I mean, the UCF, game and the tournament is definitely up there right um wake forest senior night with um 
I don't think Zion was playing that game, but it was our senior night and they really should have won. They, they missed, they barely missed the tip in at the end that was pretty wide open. Um, but yeah, when I think back to my favorite games, like the, those are for sure it. What moment from the Louisville game stands out? Like if you're thinking of just the first play that comes to mind for you, what is it? Oh, it's definitely RJ throwing the ball. The legs. The legs. Yeah, to Cam. Because Cam hadn't even really had like that good of a game, but those last few minutes, like he he hit some big threes and knocked down some free throws. And I mean, we wouldn't have been in there without him. That is a YouTube highlight that you could just watch on loop over and over and over again. And Duke fans are always going to be satisfied. RJ Barrett between the legs, back to Cam <laughs> Reddish, right wing, corner three. I mean, insane. Yeah. It was beautiful. Insane. Uh, the Wendell tip-in to beat Carolina last year. Tell me the story of, of where you were at. And I guess, hell, we got to talk about forcing overtime with the free throw before that. Oh, my gosh. It, <laughs> it was so wild because the next day at practice, like, we were trying to – we were trying to get Trey to replicate his miss, and he couldn't do it. Like, that's, no how, that's what really just made me feel like it was heaven sent. Like it was, <laughs> it was a force that none of us could understand like, yeah. at work in that moment because it, it just worked out so perfectly. But I mean, that kid is a killer. Like there, <laughs> there's few guys have been around that are, are built like Trey Jones. And so, I mean, you know that he wants to take shots like that. And I'm sure you remember from the beginning of overtime, he had like our first six or eight points yeah. and was just going at Cole Anthony in every way. But, um, yeah, I remember, I remember seeing the air ball and I was like, Oh, that's short. And then Wendell came out of nowhere and tipped it in. And even then I was like, it's kind of late. Like I kind of thought it was late in real time, but, um, I mean, everyone, then everyone took off and like jumped dog powered themselves. Like, <laughs> you know, I was right in the mix celebrating and we got home and had one of the best nights of our lives. I would imagine, man, we're not going to get stories like that from just anybody that the very next day, Trey Jones is trying to replicate the miss off the free throw directly back to himself with a pull up there. Can't do it. That's wild. He, I mean, like you can't get the miss to, to land perfectly like over the defense, but not out of bounds. And right. A place where you can grab it. And I mean, he was on a time crunch during the game, but it was just like, did you know that was his plan all along leading up to that? Yeah, well, we had talked about it in the huddle. And if you go back and watch the tape, you'll see him scooting over so ever so slightly. He, <laughs> he's scooting over without trying to let anybody notice. Um, but, uh, I mean, you, you've watched enough basketball to know that intentional misses hardly ever go your way. So, um, I mean, for that game, like that was the 100th anniversary of Duke UNC. And I want to say that the split was like 50-50. Right. Maybe they had one game on us, but like it, it really felt fairy tale to, to be there and be part of that game. The best part about the rivalry, I tell people, uh, having left the state of North Carolina professionally the way that I have talking about it on this podcast to sort of explain, A, the schools being so close geographically together yeah, and true. just intermingling that you've got there in the Durham and Chapel Hill, Raleigh area. But the fact that, like you're saying, over the past 100 years, we've had this long streak going where their point totals are identical, Seth. It's it's scary. And, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that game represents so much more than just a win for us, like a, a win over UNC. Like, it was, it was historical in that sense that, 
you know, we were able to get an edge up on them and um, it definitely was a big boost for our season. I hate to end it on this, but um, this is on my mind. So we're going to do this. I would imagine most heartbreaking is it in a way, I guess it's different with the year being canceled the way it was this year, or I'm thinking about the Michigan state game in the elite eight that year. And, uh, folks can't see your face right now, but I mean, it's yeah. just, it, I don't know. What, what do you, what do you think? No, there, I mean, it, as bad as the last two years have ended, um, I, I can't say anything really comes close to the Michigan state one. It really felt like we were God's team. Like, yeah. like we weren't supposed to lose. Like I'm sure you remember even after the UCF game, as close as that was like a game, we probably sh- weren't supposed to win. And then, we had Virginia Tech and they had us on the ropes. And at the end, Ahmed Hill had a wide open oh, tip in, tip in um, where we had kind of had a defensive breakdown on the, on the inbounds play. And he was able to get a great look at the rim with plenty of time and airballed it. And I mean, I was in disbelief, <laughs> but um, yeah, that team, like, and like I said, it was the same team with the senior night. Like there was five or six games that year that where it looked like we had no chance to win, you know, even, even towards the end. And that team pulled it out. And so not even getting the opportunity to go to the final four definitely left a bad taste in our mouth. Do managers help out with scouting at all? Are yeah. coaches asking you to help out with that? Yeah, for sure. My um, freshman and sophomore year, I, I was heavily involved on the scouting side, helping put together tape of, um, of individual players, um, key starters and whatnot, and trying to figure out, you know, some of their go-to sets, um, figuring out types of things they like to do after halftime, you know. Is that just like some EXO software work and just looking back through through clips, or how does that work? Yeah, they had this uh, – honest, I can't remember the, the name of the software sure. specifically, but, um, yeah, they, they would have us cutting up hours and hours of games. Honestly, it was such a big commitment that <laughs> you know, I, I knew I wanted to, to be able to have a little bit more free time those last two years, so I left it to the younger guys. But um, <laughs> it, it was a doozy for sure. Seth, man, I really do appreciate the time today. This has been amazing to kind of peel back the curtains. Like I've told folks and told you, you're not going to be a stranger on this podcast because I've got plenty of more questions. Uh, I want to be able to talk about some of the players that you saw. Um, You were feet away from the former president, Barack Obama, at the UNC. I mean, we've got a lot of stories that uh, we still could share on another day. How about that? Absolutely. I, I would love to come back and, and share more stories. I mean, we could, we could go on for days for sure. Seth, give me a social media plug. Where can folks find, find you? Yeah, underscore S. Scott is my uh, Instagram. Um, not really in, into Twitter or Facebook, yeah. but um, yeah, that, that's my main social media platform you can reach me on. Good deal. Good deal. Well, Seth, we really do appreciate the time. I look forward to chatting with you soon. Uh, Us Asheville guys got to stick together forever. So thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. JJ Jackson hanging out with former Duke basketball manager, Seth Scott. Thanks again to Seth Scott, the former Duke men's basketball manager, for joining me for today's podcast. Part two of two. If you missed the first part of our conversation, you can find it in this podcast feed, the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast feed. I spoke with him, cut it up into two parts so that you could enjoy it two straight days. Again, be sure to follow our podcast, Lockdown Blue Devils, on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a five-star rating and review. I love to give five-star Friday shout-outs, so I'd appreciate it if you would take time to write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now check out the Locked On ACC podcast for more information. 
Reminder, I join Candace Cooper once a week to talk about all the latest happenings in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Get all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Thanks again to Seth Scott for joining me on the program. You could follow him on Instagram at underscore S Scott. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you later. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.